everybody, and welcome back to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are happy to be queer to answer your questions. I'm Gina. And I'm Cheyenne. And class is now in session. We have a guest today we are super excited about. Our guest is Ace, aka Alice Sparkly Cat. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you identify and, and all those things. I'm Alice Sparkly Cat, or my name is Ace. Alice Sparkly Cat is actually the name of my website, but you know, it's kind of a name too. I like to say it so people can find my website. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, and, uh, I'm an astrologer, so I practice astrology, and then I'm queer. Sometimes I use lesbian, sometimes just queer. It kind of changes too, yeah? Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your queer journey? Uh, queer journey you know what because I've always known that I was queer in some way I think I remember the moment I learned the word lesbian because mm -hmm. you know I was an ESL student and it's not just something that you learn at ESL for sure yeah. uh, but I think my dad taught it to me for some reason <laughs> before I knew English at all yeah. I don't know why he did but <laughs> He was just like, you know what a lesbian means? He's like, oh, what is it? <laughs> do you he think he was like trying you. to figure it out? Yeah, he was like, do you know what it means? <laughs> he knew. So I, yeah. I don't know why he knew. <laughs> I don't know. He, he was kind of like curious about it. And then uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's such a beautiful word. I was really into So I was like, I wonder if I was, I'm a lesbian. This is before I knew English. I was like five or six, something like that. So I was just going to ask how old you were <laughs> when that was. <laughs> I love that you said it was beautiful. Like, that's so sweet and pure. And I feel like a lot of people have that it, experience. It's either like, wow, like, that's so beautiful. Or it's like, kind of like, oh, that's what I am. I'm scared. Like, I don't want to <laughs> acknowledge this yet. <laughs> that's definitely what it was for me, at least. So. Yeah. Is, yeah. Like, I feel like the word just like has such a charge, like a certain charge that mm -hmm. you're like, oh, what's this word? I don't know why. Yeah. 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 Did, so did you have any like crushes when you were that young or like it was it just like hearing the word and you were like, oh, there's a name for that? Yeah. Well, OK, here's who I was in high school. And I was like, you know, I was like that kid that no one talked to who wore the same coat every day. So mm -hmm. I didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, that was, I mean, that was just not me. And then I was growing up in Iowa, too, in a small town. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was kind of chaotic. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I barely had any friends. So, uh, you know, but I would always have one best friend. And then I would always think, like, you know, what if I kissed her? Like, um, what would happen? But it wasn't oh my gosh. something that I was doing. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would have online friends who were gay. Um yeah, and I don't think it was something that was defined for myself. I think, like, I don't know. I didn't really have someone who's like, oh, I like this person, and then I'm, like, gay because of that. I think I was, like, mm -hmm. gay by myself. Yeah. Then, yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know. It was just something that I was. Because this is, this is something else I remember is when Facebook, when people started to use Facebook, you know, you had to go in and create, like, your real profile and I didn't mm -hmm. realize that people from my real life would know me <laughs> and so I like um like in the early days of Facebook like you had to check your sexual orientation mm -hmm. yep and yeah I, I remember that 
Yeah, I checked everything but straight. And then I had some <laughs> from church who were like, um, why did like why did you check everything but straight? And then I was I felt so put on the spot. And then I had to say, like, oh, I thought you were supposed to check everything that you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? That when was you quick said that? thinking. Yeah. You're just like, oh my God, you're so dumb. <laughs> and you were like, Yeah, I'm so dumb. I totally didn't yeah. mean to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just really dumb. <laughs> Let them believe that <laughs> you guys are the dumb right. actually. <laughs> I remember I used to, now that you said that, I remember I used to go on Facebook and I would like look to see if people like had anything for that. And yep. then if they didn't have anything, I was like, they are not straight. Yeah. Because like, I feel like people would put like, if they were straight and then like the out gay people would put that they were gay. But like, if they didn't have anything, I was like, there's something there. I'm using my detective skills. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a sign if they didn't yeah. anything there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be one of those speaking people. Of so signs, speaking <laughs> oh, of yeah, signs, speaking of signs, what is your sign and, and signs and, and what's your astrology journey? Like, how did you get, have you always been into that? Where did that start? Yeah, well, I'm an Aries and then that's my sun sign. And then I'm a Aquarius rising with a Cancer moon. So that's my big Ooh. Yeah, I just looked up your big three on your website, and I'm actually a Cancer Sun Aries Moon. So we got a little, yeah, with a Capricorn rising. Oh, wow. You're also a Saturn chart ruler. What's your Saturn in? Saturn's in Pisces. So about to enter my Saturn return. Or already I'm in my Saturn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretending it's not happening, but also like I'm a Capricorn rising. So I'm like ready for it. Like I'm ready for like the, like I know that this is like, the bad part of my life and it's just going to get better from here so I'm like ready for that hump <laughs> no I mean maybe yeah, I, I hope you have a beautiful return congratulations yeah. <laughs> thank you yeah yeah it's a big a big moment um Gina do you want to share yours since I just like yeah. brought up my whole chart <laughs> I do. I love a fire sign. My girlfriend is an Aries sun as well. I'm a Libra sun. So we've got a good, you know, sister thing going on there. And then I'm a Sag moon and Gemini rising. Oh, fun. That's so much air. You know, my partner's a Libra. Mm-hmm. I'm Aries. Yeah. That- oh, nice. Aries. What's your partner's moon and rising? Just because I'm curious. Oh, my partner is a sun, moon, rising and Mercury all in Libra. <laughs> <gasps> no. Wow. Have they ever chosen where to eat? <laughs> Well, they, yeah, yeah, they're really you know what, Cheyenne. <laughs> My girlfriend's a Libra rising, and she loves when I make the decisions. So, luckily, that Aries Moon and Capricorn rising. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah. She's like, you can wear all of the pants. <laughs> That's so funny. Look at these dating Libras. Like, yeah, partnerships with Libras. <laughs> yeah, we love good the romance. <laughs> Um, yeah so what got you into astrology yeah I got into astrology around 2014 2015 so it's been a while and then yeah it doesn't feel like it sometimes but it's been a while and I mean I was going through a tough time so I was actually married and then I was going through a divorce Mm. then I had some just like so many other issues and I didn't have anyone to talk to so I was just like Googling different things or something like that. And then I came across astrology and at the time there weren't like a lot of stuff on social media about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of forums 
So there was Linda Land. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like this, um, yeah, I mean, pretty old school forum of people just talking about their lives and talking about experiences of suffering, talking about uh, love. And it was just all types of people. And then the thing about it is because people are really interested in the subject matter too, which is astrology, they'll like really like read into your situation and then be there for you and write paragraphs of wow. stuff. So it's like a really kind of funny little like online connection. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, yeah, because I feel like sometimes with different websites, like, you know, you just interact with someone for a little bit, like one line or something. Um, but this is like, it's a long form kind of interaction. Mm -hmm. So I, I got into it because of that. That was the hook. But then I got into astrology really too. And I would just go to all these used bookstores and pick up whatever books I could find. Yeah. 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 I love astrology, but I feel like there's like, people are always like, you know, so much. And I'm like, I know nothing <laughs> like, and it's just like that quote where it's like, you know, things once you realize how little, you know, kind of thing. Like, I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> like I know, you do know more like, than me at the, least though. And yeah. I'm but like, like, I know nothing. a lot. Yeah, but I well, feel that, like I, I know, know even less. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's just so much to learn. Like it's so like encompassing. And I actually got your book at a bookstore in Chicago a few years ago, but I've moved a few times since, so I don't have it on hand or anything. But I do have your book. Haven't I haven't read it yet because of the moving thing. But I do have your book, and I'll just plug it for you. That's post-colonial astrology. Um, do you have any other like suggestions for like resources or books or anything that you'd recommend for learning more about astrology? Ooh, yeah, I do. Thanks for getting my book, by the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I saw it and I was like, I need this. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like a really great, I mean, it will teach you everything about astrology. It's called On the Heavenly Spheres and it's a okay. treatise astrology so if you're not, like you know really interested in learning um I think th this book I got in 2015 and then when I worked through it it just I mean it taught me so much and it's mm -hmm. foundational knowledge too so when you come across it in different ways then you know how to apply it so it's a big book it's not too yeah. thick you know like a big book um that one's pretty good and then if you're looking for something like a little bit more entertaining, I think, oh, you know what? There's one called Meet Your Planets that mm -hmm. some Discord community recommended. And I got it. And it's it's just so fun because they like describe every planet in your chart as like a person or a character that you encounter in a fictional mm -hmm. story. And it's yeah, just, like that. yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. yeah. I like used to read a lot of astrology content on like tumblr um and now i'm more so on like instagram and twitter and stuff but the tumblr th days were like there for me <laughs> Do you, is there um any way that you're involved with like astrology in like your local community or is it more i know you're like do a lot of stuff online with like your website and stuff um but is there like a local community of astrologers or anyone that you're in touch with locally that is interested in this you know I've been thinking about this because I just moved so I lived mm. in New York for 12 years and then before the pandemic like my entire practice was local so okay. it was only people coming to my apartment and then it would mm. knew my roommates too so it was all local and then I wasn't really online at all and then wow. 
Um, yeah, so that changed with the pandemic because, I mean, yeah, because you just have to do everything virtually. So then it kind of opened up a whole new world. Um, mm -hmm. I was talking to people from actually like, you know, outside of my city, from but from different parts of the world too. And then I just moved to Philly to be closer to my parents. I really don't know Philly that well yet. And then mm -hmm. so I was thinking about how that really, I mean, it kind of changes things I've been here for less than a year so it's like you know you you take some time to figure, like you know feel like you're settled and then mm -hmm. I think it's time for me to get to know the environment yeah. well as far as astrology and queerness goes one thing I'm curious about do you think that there's anything in charts that indicates queerness or anything you would look for in someone's chart as like a trend in queerness is, is there or is that just people are just who they are. Okay, so your question touches on something that in the astrological world is like a really huge topic and yeah. has been in dialogue for decades. Uh, and this is something that, uh, this is like decades ago. And I was like, who was, I was talking to an older astrologer about it and it used to be a lot more trendy to look for like neptune signatures or uranus signatures with queerness mm. and th the issue with that is that they were also looking for racial signatures so mm. they were only doing it for people who weren't white is the thing mm. and then with sexuality they were only looking for signatures with people who weren't straight so the issue with it is like okay if you don't have the signature then you're like a default so it like you know there's a lot of pushback against this mm. kind of thing uh and then but then it's it's funny because i do talk to a lot of queer people who get into astrology using the language of uranus or neptune signatures or like you know this describes my experience really well mm. and i like it as a mode of expression so it's kind of complicated actually um, for like my own work, I don't look for signatures. Uh, and then it's, it's hard to do because I mean, all my clients are queer. So it's kind of, yeah, it, it would be kind of hard to just like, you know, even if I thought that there's a queer signature to even find one. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of huge. The question you're asking, that's a great question. Yeah. So for um, those who don't know, not me, obviously not me. Um, <laughs> but for those listening who don't know, what is a signature? Yeah. A signature is like a particular aspect. Maybe you're saying like, okay, like, you know, Uranus signature example could be Uranus making a hard aspect to Venus or the personal mm -hmm. planets in some way. A hard aspect would just be a square and opposition conjunction um, so zero degrees, 180 degrees, or 90 degrees, basically, from your Venus. That would be an example of a Uranus signature that you're looking for. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the the um, aspects are where I always get mixed up. Like, I don't know, the aspects or the math part of it kind of comes in a little bit more, and I'm like, nothing, nothing's sticking there. <laughs> <laughs> the aspects are for fine-tuning the interpretation anyway yeah yeah since most of your clients are queer do you think why do you think queer people love astrology so much well I mean I think there's like a history to it too uh because 
you know, I, I didn't realize this until I saw the exhibition Homoscopes at the LGBTQ Center, but this really great curator put it together. It's still a website. I think it's homoscopes.org.com. I can't remember. Mm. But there's like, there's such a long history of queer people being into astrology and practicing astrology. In fact, I mean, I know that queer people aren't credited with the first horoscope columns, it was kind of like with the invention of mass printing that's when it really started but i think we played a hand in developing the tone um, because it was popularized more in some of the early diy and feminist zine cultures mm. so that's why horoscope columns are associated with more like mainstream quote-unquote women's magazines now is um like you know is that, that lineage too yeah so i mean i think that we've always been kind of around playing with meaning yeah that's really cool now that you mentioned that. that my first experiences with astrology was looking at my horoscope mm -hmm. in magazines like yep. really young me too paging through you know teen whatever i was reading and i would flip all the way to the back to the horoscopes which i only i think that's how i found mm -hmm. out i was a libra because it actually said the birthday because it's not like my family wasn't into astrology so they weren't like happy birthday libra season like i <laughs> remember reading though my horoscopes and then i think that's where i first started catching on to then looking up other things and daily horoscopes so but i mm -hmm. kind of forgot about i haven't thought about the, like paging through a magazine to get to the horoscopes in <laughs> so long yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. When I think of astrology, that's almost like one of the first things my mind goes to, like, just like looking at like what your horoscope is with your friends and being like, oh, you're going to get broken up with. That sucks for you. <laughs> Even though, like, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that you're supposed to like look at your rising sign when you're reading your horoscope because it's based off of the planetary movements and stuff like that. So, yeah. but like, we're not told that in J14, <laughs> they tell you to look at your sun sign because not everyone knows your ascendant. So right. yeah, it's, it's interesting now. Like, cause when you think of the texture of astrology, like what colors, what topics you associate, I think, I feel like that, that has such a big influence. It's like the magazines. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool. I'll have to look up homoscopes, um, whether it's .org.com net. I'll, I'll find it. Uh, we'll probably share it because that sounds really interesting. Um, so what do you think is a unique thing about your personal queer experience? I mean, yeah, maybe that, and I don't, this is like unique in the sense of like, because I feel like a lot of people go through this actually. Mm -hmm. It's the, I understood that I was queer without like, um, it being like, I like someone specific. Like it mm -hmm. was so mm -hmm. I, I was thinking about that. So I guess not everyone goes through the same experience. I've talked to people who didn't have that experience where like, you know, I realized it was queer because I had a crush on someone. And mm -hmm. then I was kind of like this um, awakening experience. But yeah, I mean, it was something for me. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's really important to me too. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a way that you would kind of explain those feelings for the people that you know, were the kind of person that they had a crush on someone of the same gender um, and that's how they figured it out? Or is it kind of like one of those things that's hard to like put into words? It was just like a 
feeling? Yeah, I think there is like both. Yeah, it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to put into words. There's definitely more of expression. It was just like the things I noticed were the things I like. Because I wouldn't have a crush on anyone, but I wouldn't like certain things that are like, you know, very femme or something like mm-hmm. that. So like, yeah, even if I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I'm like into this person. I'm like, oh, I like, um, I don't know, like, uh, like long dyed hair or something. And mm. then, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a feeling too. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it gets harder to describe the more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I completely understand. Cause I feel like I'm, I was somewhere in between there where I didn't necessarily have crushes on people but I like kind of did but I wouldn't accept it like I was like no I just really want to be that person I I definitely don't have a crush on them that's not the same thing so it was just kind of like being in denial for me personally and like trying to like explain things in other ways and also feelings that I refuse to let myself feel and stuff like that so I was just wondering if you could put it into words better than I can because it's hard (laughs) are there words for (laughs) queerness in the first language you spoke oh like Chinese yeah you know I yeah because I knew Chinese before English and then I yeah I don't really know too many words to describe queerness I mean there's tong, tongjinli and um yeah there's I mean there's a lot more words now because um mm-hmm. yeah like you know it's just like the slang has changed and across any language I'm sure yeah. too that would because I think even in English American English versus British English versus whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different slang. And that evolves every year. But if you didn't, if you didn't have the words growing up, then I think you do rely on feeling, but I think some languages give you words to use that are more helpful than others sometimes yeah because queerness in china is like is very different than here um also like gender is very different so i mean i think i saw for well my concubine with my parents too it's like it's very mainstream like uh you know senior citizens will understand um like what's his name may long fan like he you know, he's understood as a man and he only performs female roles and then he's mm. kind of understood as a woman too. But, mm. um, and then, you know, and then the pronoun, pronouns, in Chinese, like pronouns don't have gender in Chinese. And then it started to have gender when they went, like we went through a modernization too. So, I mean, things are kind of mm. different. Like Dream in the Red Chamber, I heard is really queer. And then the media I was consuming was little. It was all East Asian. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I was definitely really into gay stuff that was Asian. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the language around it now, it's changed too. Like, uh, yeah, there's, it's very like Taiwan influenced. So I didn't grow up with uh, that culture's mm-hmm. dynamic changing. So I'm a little bit alienated from it. But definitely, like, there's something about, like, how I understand queerness that's Asian. Like, I think my friend told me, too, like, you know, there's, like, a lesbian sexuality that's just 2D. Like, you're attracted to 2D forms. And wow. Was, wow. Like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a lot of people, but it's nice that there's, like, a word for it for the people yeah. that you know didn't have a word to describe that um, yeah. yeah yeah that's interesting yeah. to think about were those the big queer you know things you were consuming growing up like media wise or were there other 
queer characters and things that you really resonated with? I was into Yu-Gi-Oh! Like I was a tender shipper. <laughs> I don't know really what I do not know about that with Yu-Gi-Oh, but I definitely had some cards because I wanted to be into Yu-Gi-Oh, but I just didn't, I wasn't as big of a fan as I could have been. I, I tried. I was a tryhard. Everyone who was into Yu-Gi-Oh in the early 2000s is gay today. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. I fully believe that. Yeah. But tender shipping is the romantic, like fictional romantic pairing between like the two Bakoras. And there's two of them because they're actually the same character who inhabit the same body. Oh, it's it's like um, in Steven Universe. Uh, I haven't seen Steven Universe. Tell me there's more. like a character that splits into two and they're actually lovers and they like loved each other so much they wanted to be in like one body. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's peak romance. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that's poetic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I tell my girlfriend I want to like climb inside of her body and live inside of her all the time so oh, wow. I get it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also I'm a cancer so that, I don't know and she's a cancer too so that's cute to her um, she likes it <laughs> um, yeah like, yeah imagine sharing body and memories and then yeah that's beautiful that sounds exhausting <laughs> Shy, that's beautiful <laughs> I'm like, that sounds so tiring. The differences. <laughs> I'm like, that's so sweet. <laughs> so funny. So would you say your queer obsession is astrology then or Yu-Gi-Oh? Or would you say there's something else that you <laughs> would call your queer obsession if you had to name one one thing? I guess you can name more than one if you want to, but. <laughs> one thing that's my queer obsession. I guess, yeah, it would be Yu-Gi-Oh is, um, yeah, and just because it's been in my life for so long. And then mm. I was 13, something like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. other things too. I'm really into BTS these days, but I know mm. that. That will go away, but I will always <laughs> to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, BTS is definitely queer culture too. Like you follow yeah. one queer person on Twitter, and suddenly your entire Twitter timeline is just yeah. BTS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I always want to ask about like advice for younger queer people. I think mm -hmm. one thing almost that's unique in your experience is how you said you knew, like almost you feel like you've always known, kind of thing. I feel like I should have known, but I absolutely did not know until way later. And even then had like imposter syndrome because I'm like, well, everybody should have known and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's anything you could like tell your younger self necessarily, but is there advice, overarching advice you'd have for young queer people or even anybody getting into astrology, like young astrologers? Yeah. You know, if I were to talk to my younger self, I guess I'd say something like, you know, like you could still be queer even if you don't have a crush on anyone actively. Like, yeah, that's like not only a possibility, but it's like a likelihood too. Cause you know, like you don't you don't have crushes on people like all the time, but it can still be a part of just how you desire and relate to the world and yourself too. Mm. And um you kind of don't need to like justify your queerness through your desire for like a specific person especially if you're growing up in a place where maybe you don't like a ton of people um mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 if there's not tons of queer people at your school and you're looking for other queers you might not get that same experience of 
realizing you have a crush kind of thing. Yeah. Straight girls aren't my type. (laughs) Or if you're like being bullied all the time and you're like, I don't like any of these people. Like Mm -hmm. you still just be queer for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people uh, feel like that's a barrier to entry is that they don't have a crush or they don't have like a significant other. So they're not really queer. People won't believe them, but you know, that's not true at all. But so what about young astrologers that any advice for young people, people getting into astrology for the first time, not even astrologers, but even just people who are like, I want to start looking at my chart more. What should, what's some advice or easy tips for those people? Yeah, maybe something like, uh, astrology is just a language so you can speak through it, but it doesn't provide you with the meanings that you want to express on its own. So yeah, like, you know, it can't, uh, like you can look up a lot of things. You're like, oh, you know, sun in this placement. Oh, it's such a doom thing. But maybe that astrologer is in ancient Rome and looking at a big flood that happened that he's expressing in his time period. So like, you know, it's, it's there for you to express different parts of yourself. If you feel like, uh, astrology is the appropriate language for the Mm -hmm. end, doesn't have to be. Uh, but it's not going to give you uh, like a, you know, ready-made meaning. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, that's part of the fun too, is your job. It's a creative thing where you kind of figure it out for yourself. And yeah, that, that can be really fun with people by yourself too. Yeah. I love that. So uh while we have you still, we have one last question. This is from one of our listeners, actually. And the question is, I need advice. I have feelings for a friend of mine who's in a relationship. I'm trying to decide right now if I should tell her with the notion that I'm not looking to mess up anything we have as friends and that I think I need space to get over my feelings for them. Appreciate any help. So do either of you have advice for this person? So this person, just so I understand, they're in, they have a crush on somebody who's in a relationship and they're thinking about telling her because they need space to get over the feelings. Yeah, I guess so. That's what, that's what we're going for here. (laughs) Yeah. I guess a part of me is like, do you have to tell, like, is it going to mess everything up by telling them, even if you do take space, like maybe Mm -hmm. just let the feelings dissipate on your own time that's tough because yeah it sounds like this person's made a decision for themselves that they don't want to uh you know like date their friend Mm -hmm. Uh, like that's not something that they're trying to do so I wonder yeah because I feel like it can go so many different ways where it's like I definitely had those experiences where I had feelings and then they dissipated um but then sometimes you have to take space for yourself too so yeah that's really hard you feel like you have to communicate this space like maybe if they did just kind of take a couple steps back not all the way back but just mm-hmm. enough to kind of let you know whatever feelings are manifesting just kind of go to the side or do you think because if maybe if they really need like no contact that is probably something that could be communicated yeah but if it's just like oh I'm not gonna you know be a happy hour every week with you or something Mm-hmm. I don't know if if it's going too far out of the way to be like, <laughs> I need to not be in love with you. I don't know. Yeah, I think for me personally, if I were to have, be in this situation, maybe that's where we get like our 
pros and cons list, but only write like the cons side. And every time you start thinking about this person positively, look back at the cons of maybe things you don't like about them. Um, and not positively, but like in like a crushy way, I guess I should say, because you still want to see your friend positively. But also, right. I don't think anything needs to be said unless you need to go completely no contact because like you don't have to still talk to them every day you can say I've been really busy with things sorry I was reading a book I was playing a game I've been sleeping a lot like you can maybe avoid hanging out with them for a short period of time or not talking every single day all day um, without communicating that but I feel like a lot of the time when people say they need space they mean they need zero contact and I think mm -hmm. that's something that should be communicated in yeah. some way um, just so that it doesn't like sever the friendship even more. Yeah. If you're going to go no contact, you should not give somebody that warning, especially because I have the kind of anxiety where I, I just like to know the not mm -hmm. knowing is the worst part. And yeah. so if somebody just stopped talking to me and I had no idea why that would be worse than them explaining so I do think, yeah, if it's, it, I do, I see what you're saying, like a lot of people, they say space and it's, it's like mm. a break really yeah. entirely. So I'm thinking about how, like, maybe, yeah, like maybe if you're in the situation of like, you know, I have feelings or a crush on a friend and then I don't want to like, you know, date this person. That's not what the feelings are for. Maybe sitting down with yourself and feeling into like what the crush is doing for you too because I think sometimes it's like oh spring is here like desire is new in my body and life and it's like I'm having a crush on someone to like bring me into life so yeah that could be really important clarity is just um like what the feeling of desire in you is doing for like the meaning and purpose of your life right now too yeah yeah that's really deep I like that. <laughs> That's like a deep way to look at it. Like, am I bored with my life? Am I just projecting all of my boredom onto this person because it's exciting? Because I know that's like a majority of what my past crushes were. So I I like that uh, <laughs> vision. Uh, figure out what it's like trying to do for you. And maybe you can get it to go away. <laughs> all right. So yeah. can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. Yeah. You can find me on my website, alicereckleycat.com. And it's kind of with a K. And are you on like Instagram or I Twitter am. or anything like that? Yeah. I use those websites. Yeah. And it's just Alice Reckley Cat, same hand, cat with a K. Okay. Um, and with that, we're going to wrap up. If you have any questions that you want to leave for us, we have a phone number, uh, which is 724-209-8877. You can leave a voicemail for us and we'll play it on an episode. You can also DM us on social media. We're at Sapphic Survival Guide everywhere except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival. Um, you can send us an email at sapphicsurvivalguide at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on patreon subscribe to us there and send us a direct message over there that's patreon.com backslash sapphic survival guide you can find me cheyenne at hot Mespian, on pretty much any social media app website wherever i'm, I'm probably there <laughs> and you can find me anywhere online at the Gina, including my website libragina.com and then of course you can listen to my other 
podcast. Um, hello, wherever you find podcasts. So thanks again for joining us and class is now dismissed. Bye. Bye.